You are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy, Jehovah. You are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, dear Lord. You are worthy to chapter 16 Matthew chapter 16 I want us to read from 13 to 19 
Matthew chapter 16, as from 13 to 19. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, verse 15, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, a stone, a pebble, that's what Peter means, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19. I want us to read verse 19 together, everybody. One to go. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Can we read that verse 19 together again? Want to go? Give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven hallelujah for some time now in our bible study we've been looking at the keys of heaven and if you've been missing our bible study you have missed a lot and i'm not about to go over everything again Come on Wednesday and eat the proper meal. If you'll be here on Wednesday, let me see your hand up. Only the usual suspects, the others will not come. Anyway, in, if we look at that scripture, in verse 13, Jesus asks, Who do men say that I am? And they gave him the, the answer of the multitude. They said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremy or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And the main question is in verse 15. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Jesus is asking you this morning, the Lord is asking you, who am I to you? do you say that I am? Who am I to you? Because that revelation is very important. That revelation is the basis. Look at what Peter answered. Thou art the Christ. Christ is the Messiah. 
the son of the living God. And look at the response, the answer of the Lord Jesus in verse 17. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Why? For flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And then look at the adjournment. He said, And I say unto you, Thou art Peter. Please, can we read it from the Amplified? Give us the Amplified. Let me come down. Let's read the Amplified together, the Amplified version of it. Amplified. He said, And I tell you, you are Peter. And Peter in Greek means Petros, a large piece of rock. He said, And on this rock, now, another rock now, Greek, Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar. I will build my church. So the Peter was, is a small rock or a pebble, like some other translation will put it. But this other rock he's talking about is the rock of that revelation of who Jesus is. And upon that revelation, I will build my church. This word in Greek is ecclesia. We have said all these things in our Bible study. And ecclesia means the called out ones. That is the word that is translated as synod. We are supposed to be the synod of the Most High God. The ones who will hear his will and turn it into law upon the earth. Amen? He said, and I will build my ecclesia, I will build my synod, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, the powers of the infernal region, the powers of the underworld, shall not overpower it or be strong to the detriment of it or hold out against it can i hear you shout hallelujah so who is christ to you who is jesus to you some people if you ask them who is jesus they will say eh, is the one my pastor is preaching that was the answer of the seven sons of skiva in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, we adjure you to come out. And it doesn't work. I'm sure we know the rest of the story. Because the evil, the man that was possessed, okay, jumped up on top of the seven sons of skill and beat them up and tore their clothes. Who is Jesus to you? What is the revelation? Do you know him as my Lord? Is he master? Is he king? Is it the Christ to you? Is it the Messiah? Or is someone you go every Sunday to remember and sing about? God forbid that situation in Jesus' name. So this is the key scripture. And our emphasis is on verse 19. Say, I will give unto thee. I want us to read it also from the Amplified because we have seen the King James. Verse 19. In the Amplified said, he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind in brackets. Everybody pay attention. Declare to be improper. Whatever you declare to be improper here on earth and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. You have to learn to bind according to the will of God. And whatever you lose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. 
and we have declared unlawful and improper COVID-19 on any one of us. Amen. We bind it. This is what the Bible calls the keys, the keys to function properly on earth. And we'll be studying those keys. So, I will just go into the first key, which we tweeted last uh, on Wednesday. I will skip all the other things. Let me just start from the first key. Let us have a little mercy on those who missed out on Wednesday. So, first key, number one, is found in John 14, 12 to, to 14. John chapter 14. Quickly, we'll run quickly. I will just deal with like two or three keys today and then we'll continue because there are plenty. And you know, the Lord didn't list them there, but he expects you to study and unearth them. And let me tell you something. Since I started learning these keys and implementing them, ah, I'm enjoying myself in prayer. Amen. John chapter 14, I read from verses 12. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I thought you'd be excited. The Lord just wrote you a blank check. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Look at that scripture again. Let's go back to verse 14. Look at what it says in verse 14. Sorry, in verse 12. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me. So the first criteria is to believe on him. We said before you can start talking about the keys of the kingdom, you have to first be a citizen of the kingdom. And that's why that question, Who am I to you? is the beginning. If you're not a citizen of the kingdom, you cannot use the keys. The keys are the things that gives you access to the rights and privileges of the kingdom. The keys are the things that open the doors. The keys are the promises, the word of God that opens the door. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, if we have a bunch of keys, show me that. Just raise that bunch of keys. If you have a bunch of keys like this, and you don't know which lock it opens. Is it of any use? If you have bunches of, as in your house is full of keys, you, you have plenty of keys, but you don't know the locks they open, you will still be miserable. Is that not so? Knowing the key is one thing, and those keys are the promises of God. Now, knowing how to apply it, understanding how to use it to open the door is even better. That's why the scriptures say, in all your gettings, get what? understanding. Get understanding of how to apply these keys and open the door. You know when Jesus was here on earth, Jesus was using keys. The things we called miracle was keys that he was using. Ah. As he lay in the boat, 
And then the storm and the winds arose. And these experienced fishermen, they were trying to row. They were trying to steady the boat. And they were almost going to capsize. And they ran and they woke him. They said, Master, carry us down not that we perish. And you are here sleeping. What did he answer them? Say, you have little faith. And he got up and he rebuked the wind. He stood on the key of faith and spoke to the wind. Peace be still. And the Bible records that everywhere went, say. And the disciples say, who is this man that even the storms and the sea obey him? Is the man. But here in verse 12, he said, okay, whoever believes in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I want us to read that place together. One to go. Everybody, verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Meaning, Jesus gave us the power to walk upon the water. Jesus gave us the power to feed the 5,000, to do the miracle of multiplication. Everything he did, we can do. If you know the keys and you know how to open them. Amen. And he goes ahead. He started teaching the first key. He said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. So key number one is asking in his name. Asking in his name. Say, so whatever I shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And he said, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Another translation, he said, if you shall ask anything in line with the will of God, I will do it. Because, like the example we gave on Wednesday, if I just wake up one morning and say, Lord, I want a Lamborghini Contash. I'm sure the Lord will not answer that prayer. I don't need a Lamborghini. It's not a need. I want a Ferrari. What do I need it for? It is not a need. In fact, if I have a Ferrari, it will lead to my death because it will attract envy. Yeah, those who know the value, it will attract envy. I need a good car that is functional. That's what I need. Or I wake up and say, and I start fasting for today, Lord, I want a private jet. What do I need it for? So when he says, ask anything in my name, the motive behind the asking, because he looks at the heart. Okay, he inspects the motives behind every prayer. Why are you asking for that thing? Is this so that you can show off? Is this so that you can show the world that you have arrived? If I have a Lamborghini today, probably the way I walk will change. Everybody knows how I'm walking now. If I now have a Lamborghini today, hey. I start walking like manifest. When is it walking on this shoulder, I go like this, this one, I go like this, this one, I go like this. Shout hallelujah. 
<laughs> you know the funny thing? I was worked like that too. I'm sure mommy remembers. <laughs> it's all about times and seasons. I remember one time mommy had to beat my shoulder and ask me, what is wrong with your shoulder? Mommy, oh, what is wrong? I said, sorry, sorry. He said, why are you walking like this? It's a season. And that time will pass in Jesus' name. All my youth, can you shout hallelujah? You know, I understand them very well. <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. Let's get back to the word of God. Jesus said his ecclesia would do the things that he did. And even more, because the Holy Spirit will come after he's gone and will teach them how to use the keys. That's why the Holy Spirit is called what? The teacher. He will teach you all things. He will teach you how to use the keys. He will teach you how to stand in faith. Praise the Lord. So, let's see some scriptures about why the name of Jesus. We will not see all the scriptures we saw. But let's see just like two or three. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. The book that was written to the Philippi. Are we there? Okay, so I read from verses 9. It says, Wherefore, God also had highly exalted him. Who is him? Jesus. And given him a name which is above every name. What is special about this name? Say, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. I thought you would shout, Amen. Amen. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Never have we seen any name that was given such honor. That at the mention of that name, do you know when you call Jesus, even angels they bow? Isn't that what the scripture is saying? Of things in heaven. Anytime you say in Jesus' name, that's why you shouldn't play with the name. Because if you say it ten times, they will bow ten times. They will just bow. And as you're saying it also, in hell, anytime you call the name of Jesus, they also bow. As much as they hate him, they just have to bow. Because that's the ordinance of God. And that is why when you now step to a situation and you apply the key of the name of Jesus because they know, you say, and you remind them, it is written in Philippians chapter 2 that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things on earth, things on earth. So wherever you are, whether you are on earth or under, bow out in defeat in Jesus' name. And they obey. Because they know you have the right key. And you have understanding. Praise the Lord. And there are so many other things that are so wonderful about that name. Look at Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18. 
Mark 16, 17 to 18. Are we there? Okay. I read. I read from verse 16. No, I read from verse 17. Sorry. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. Which name? Jesus. Say, in my name, they shall do what? Cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. In what name? In whose name? In the name of Jesus. He said, this child shall follow the pastors. Did he say, he shall follow the prophets alone? He says, he shall follow who? Them that believe. If you're a believer in this house, can I see your hand up? Hallelujah. So the question is, why are the no, are the signs truly following you? That is what I needed to ponder on this morning. Why don't I command the power in the name? Why can't I wield the power in the name? You know, like a sword, you wield a sword. Why can't I wield that power and be able to do all that Jesus did and even more? Why am I not able to do it? Is it that the word of the Lord is lying? Who has the problem? You and I have the problem. And that problem has to be solved this morning. Okay, praise the Lord. Because our beggarly lifestyle, our lifestyle as believers now, is quite different from the life in the Acts of Apostles, in the book of Romans, in the days of the Apostles, did they have two heads? They were still men of like passion. Why were their lives different? Why were they able to raise the dead? Now it's like raising the dead is now a long story that has been forgotten. And then some people need to go and collect power from somewhere to be able to do some magic. Or some people will even... In fact, the one they do, I hear is that they will arrange someone, pay him thousands of naira to lie down in a coffin and pretend to be dead. The things that the Lord will judge on that day are plenty. But by the time we finish this series, the dead will rise here in the name of Jesus. The blind eyes will open, they will pop open in the name of Jesus. The ears, the deaf will hear in the name of Jesus. Anyone that has a demonic impossible case, that case will become possible because there is nothing impossible with the Lord in the name of Jesus. Nothing shall be impossible. And when the Lord said nothing shall be impossible, he means nothing. Why have we limited him? Praise the Lord. Hmm. 
in his name. These are the things that are so special about his name. Luke chapter 1. Yeah, let me pick that Luke chapter 1. There's something awesome about there. Luke chapter 1 verses um, 31 to 33. I want us to understand what happened at the beginning about that name. Are we there? I read verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end the covenant is in what name? Is in the name of Jesus from the even before he was consumed. I, I, I say conceived, conceived. <laughs> before he was conceived, it was prophesied. They gave the name that name Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus because of his kingdom there shall be no end. No power of hell can withstand the kingdom, can overpower that kingdom. That kingdom has no end. So it's the only name that is, and then, if, okay, let me just give you the other scriptures. Maybe you can go home and read them. Matthew 18 verse 20. It says, where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there in there. So gathering in that name brings down his presence. He said, I am there in their midst where you gather in my name. Not in the name of any other person. Not in the name of some pastor. Gather in his name. Okay, his presence comes down. Amen. Matthew 19, 29. When you forsake houses, you forsake the earthly things, because of that name, you will get a blessing. Matthew 21, verse 9. I want us to read that one. Matthew 21, verse 9. We even sing a song about it. But I wonder why we sing that song only around Christmas time. Are we there? 21 verse 9 says, And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This morning, I want to ask you, in whose name did you come? Maybe you came to church in your name. Who did you come to meet? Who did you have an appointment with? Say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of... So, wherever you're going to, what assignment you're doing, as long as you're going to that assignment in the name of the Lord... You are blessed. Amen. And then we also noted that there are also some. Okay, before that. So we have some other scriptures. You can take them down. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 9. Mark 13, 13. Luke 6. 
22 to 23. Luke 21. Let's read Luke 21, 12 to 13. Luke 21, 12 to 13. Luke 21, chapter, verses 12 to 13. It said, it said, but before all this, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Amen. And if you go to 17 to 18, he said, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. Amen. So for that name, the world will hate you. There is something special about that name. All hell will fight you for that name. But there is victory in that name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then when you go to Luke 24, verses uh, 46 to 48, the Lord commands repentance to be preached in that name. It is the only name that we are asked to preach repentance in. And then John 3, 18. Let's go to John 3, 18. We'll take these three as we're rounding up that, that uh, uh, topic. John 3, 18. Are we there? Okay, John 3.18 says, He said, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, that name is so powerful that if you don't believe on it, you get an automatic condemnation. It is the only name that if you don't believe in, you're already condemned. Okay, praise the Lord. Then the Holy Spirit was also sent in that name, John chapter 14, verse 26. John 14, verse 26. Let's go there. John 14, verse 26. He said, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. That name is so powerful that the Holy Spirit had to be sent in his name. Amen. And then in John chapter 20 verse 31. John chapter 20 verse 31. I hope I'm not too fast. I only had one person say no. Okay. John 20, 31 said, But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name. You have life. is the only name given that if you believe, you will have life through it. Believe in that name, you will have life. Believe in that name. The doors open to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
John chapter 16. I want to end with that. 16 verses 23 to 26. Now remember the first one we read in John chapter 14. said that whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Now in John chapter 16 verses 23 to 26. Hear what he says. He said, and in that day. That day is today. Say, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he, who is he now? The Father. He will give it to you. He that have you asked nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came from God. That day can be today for you. He, he, said, he said, whatever you will ask the Father in my name, He, the Father, will give it to you. So there are two people who are ready to give you anything you ask. Jesus himself is ready to give you whatever you ask. And the Father is also ready to give you whatever you ask in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of, of Mary. Not in the name of some saint. Not in the name of through an angel. Angel Raphael, Gabriel. No. In the name of what? Jesus. But you know, if you don't have access to use that name, it may not work for you. I say it may not because at times it will work because of the mercy of God. Amen? That's why at times you might find somebody who you feel, ah, this person is a very rebellious man, this person is a, is a chronic sinner, and he finds himself in trouble, and he calls Jesus, and he gets deliverance. It's the mercy of God. It's not a validation of his life. It's the mercy of God. Because he sent his reign and his son, both on the righteous and the unrighteous. On the just and the unjust. God does not decide and say, okay, sun today will shine only upon pastor's house. No, he doesn't do that. It is messy. But when the chips are down as a believer, if you truly do not deserve access to that name, you call it, he will not answer you. Because to the forward, he will also show himself forward. To the magomago, oh, he also show himself magomago. After playing and playing and playing, you think you can deceive him. The Bible says God is not mocked. God is not deceived. And that day you run back. He said, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And the devil will ask you, Jesus, I know. Pastor and Paul, I know. But who are you? But if you are living according to the tenets 
according to the calling according to the command of god according to his word when you call that name he will answer you seven times when you call me once i will answer seven times he said i will come speedily i will make haste and come unto you this afternoon we will call upon that name in faith in jesus name so that's about the first key there are so many other scriptures here but for time let me just take one more key and then on wednesday we'll continue hallelujah hallelujah praise the lord matthew chapter 4 verse 17 gives us key number two matthew chapter 4 verse 17 matthew 4 verse 17 i read he said from that time jesus began to preach and to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand this is actually key number one the key of genuine repentance from dead works this is the key that even attracts that makes god to give you forgiveness of sin this is the key that allows you to become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven the key of genuine repentance this is the key in matthew chapter 3 when john the baptist preached the, the same message identically is that not so it's the same message that john the baptist preached. repent for the kingdom of of God is at hand. This is the key that makes stretch the road. Because that was the call of, of God upon John. What is repentance? I looked at the strong, strong Bible dictionary. It says repentance means rulefulness. R-U-E-F-U-L-N-E-S-S rulefulness which means feeling or expressing pain or sorrow for sins or offenses and not just the feeling of sorrow for sins or offenses and desistance desistance from the word to desist desist in house they call it dena Cadena, stop that thing. Okay, turn away from that thing. Desistance. And desistance means choosing not to consume. Choosing not to consume the food of the appetite of the flesh. Choosing not to consume all the cucumber of Egypt and the onions of Egypt and the garlic of Egypt. Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm talking onions of garlic of Egypt. Are you with me? You know what I mean. Eh? If you understand what I mean by the onions and the cucumber of, of Egypt. Okay, there are some people who don't understand. Israel, when they were brought out 
of Egypt. Egypt was still inside them. They were lusting for cucumber. They said, Moses, you have brought us to this wilderness to kill us. It is, it is only manna you are giving us. In Egypt, we used to chop cucumber. In Egypt, we used to chop garlic. In Egypt, we used to chop onions. I wonder what is in garlic that somebody will long for garlic. Is there anybody here that longs for garlic? You just, you don't hunger for garlic. I will pray for you after the service. <laughs> or you just be longing to chew onions. It's good. It garnishes the meal. Yes, I understand. But is it a meal on its own? Onions. You just be chewing onions. He said, in Egypt, we chop onions. And here in the wilderness, you're just giving us manna, 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 manna. It is the same thing. All the sinful attractions of the world still fall under onions and garlic and cucumber. People are longing for garlic. When you are tempted to commit fornication, that is a garlic. It is a cucumber that you are lusting for. Because none of those things will endure forever. Cut garlic and cucumber and keep it. After some time, they are rotten. They are perishable foods. Are they not perishables? None of them will endure to eternity. After the fornication, in the next five minutes or so, your eye will clear. And you have sold your birthright. And if I say fornication, that's not the only thing, no. There are plenty. Okay, praise the Lord. Turning away from sin, that is what I say, genuine repentance from dead works. Genuine. Godly sorrow for sin that causes someone to turn away. This is the first key that must be applied in a sinner's life. This key opens the door to salvation and it grants access to the other keys. This key, we find that same scripture in Mark chapter 1 verse 15. It's a mirror scripture of that. This key opens the lock of the door. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. 3 to 5. Names. Luke 13, 3 to 5. I read. He said, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Then verse 5. He said, I tell you, no, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He said it two times. If, if the key of repentance is not applied in the life of a man, he ends up in damnation. He will perish. Please, if you see anybody sleeping beside you, I give you the right to slap the person on the back. I didn't say on the 
on the face oh, on the back <laughs> please nobody should sleep now if you're feeling sleepy just stand and walk around if this key is not applied that person will go to damnation acts of the apostles chapter 17 acts of the apostles chapter 17 Acts chapter 17 verses 30 Acts 17 verses 30 he said I want us to read together are we there okay one to go and the times of this ignorance God winked out but now commanded all men everywhere to again God commanded all men everywhere to repent when 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 now now the commandment is for now now those days of ignorance okay he winked out because go to verse 31 look at verse 31 and say because he had appointed a day everybody say a day is coming if you don't repent now a day is coming <laughs> he said because he had appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he had ordained wherefore he had given assurance unto all men in that he had raised him from the dead we are commanded to repent now because a day of judgment is coming and he said he would judge the world in righteousness you see that's the thing about it we have a judge that cannot be bribed we have a judge that cannot pervert judgment we have a judge that cannot understand our sins we have a judge that can never see white and say it is milk you know man may say it is milk and then try to give you logic and say that the light that is falling on his eyes to him he is seeing milk not white i'm sure you have heard such arguments but we have a god that if it is white it is white if it is black it is black i'm tempted to say that god works in solid colors you know there are some colors that are not very solid like when you start to have here um fuchsia what pink <laughs> i don't even know what it is i'm sure men we don't know what those colors are we, don't, we just know the solid colors that's all we know that's why if you attend a wedding that a man picked the color you will know the color will be black white red <laughs> but if you attend the one the woman planned 
you now hear diamond green. I don't know what diamond green looks like. How can it be diamond that still be green? Huh? Golden, golden brown. How can it be golden and still be brown? <laughs> Amen. But we have a God who will judge the world in yes or no, in righteousness. It is either this or, or that. No logic, no arguments. And I used to like that thing that people say. They say God's case, no appeal. Any case that reaches his court, who will you appeal to? That's finished. He's the final authority. Because, because there is none higher than him that he can appeal to. You know, on earth, when cases reach the appeal court, you can still go to Supreme Court. You can go from magistrate court to high court, to appeal court, and to Supreme Court. After Supreme Court, whatever they tell you, you go and sleep. So when the case reaches the court of heaven, and the judge of all the earth pronounces judgment and hits his gavel. I'm imagining that he has a gavel. And he's that his hammer on the table and say it is boom, judgment is given. It is finished. It is finished. Hallelujah. And that's why he commands us to repent now. Now is the acceptable time. This key opens the door of joy in heaven. Luke 15 verse 7. I don't want us to read it, but it just said that there is joy in heaven over a sinner that repents than, than the 99 who are already righteous. Okay, it opens the door of joy in heaven. If you apply this key, whenever this key is applied, there is joy in heaven. This key opens the lock on the door of forgiveness. Luke 17 verse 4. Luke 17 verse 4. It opens the lock of the door of forgiveness Luke chapter 17 verse 4 I read hmm okay let me read 3 and 4 he said take it to yourself if thy brother trespass against thee rebuke him and if he repents forgive him 4 and if he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times in a day turn again to thee saying I repent thou shalt forgive him this is the only only key that brings forgiveness and that's why it's funny because I see certain situations somebody will wrong you and still be arguing with you and will never have the grace to even try to say sorry and tell you Haba, you will you not forgive Although for us believers, it's advisable that you forgive so that your Heavenly Father will forgive you. And still go to heaven. But not even repenting does not make for healing in a relationship. I tell you, if Mr. A did something grievous against me and did not bother to come and repent, so that me I can go to heaven... In my room, I will pray and forgive him. I will remove it from my heart. But will I carry myself and give to him again? No, I will not do that. So that relationship is broken. But if that person comes back and falls on the ground like the prodigal son and says, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. Is there any father that will not take it back? The father will take his son back. No matter how bad it was, he will say, eh, okay, please don't do it again. He said, I will not do it again. He said, if he repents seven times in a day, the Bible still commands you to forgive. It's a key that opens the door of forgiveness. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. I love that passage. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Are we there? Acts 3.19 says, Repent it therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent it therefore and be converted. Turn away. Turn a new leaf. Be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Huh. If this key has not been applied in the life of a man, there will be no be any time of refreshing from the Lord for him. It is the key that opens and calls for the season of the times of refreshing. Amen. Acts chapter 17, 30. Acts 17, verse 30. It says, Okay, I think we've read it before. <laughs> okay, he also appeared here. He said, And the times of ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Well, it will soon round up. I don't want to keep you long. On Wednesday, we'll look at another two keys until we study all the keys. And we're not studying them so that you just go and dump the paper somewhere so that you can apply them in the name of Jesus. Revelation chapter 3. I read verse 3. Okay, let me read from verse 1 to verse 3 so that we get a background. I read from verse 1. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis, write, These things said he that had the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Please. Please, do you understand that place? He said, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest, and art dead. Please, can you give us the Amplified? What did the Amplified say about that? 3 verse 1. I know your records, and what you're doing. You are supposed to be alive. But in reality, you are dead. This is the reality of what we have in the church. 
most people who profess to be alive are really dead. Most people you see on the road who are walking around, they may even be singing, Darling Jesus, Darling Jesus. It is not by the song, but they are really dead. Look at verse 2. King James. He said, be watchful and straighten the things that remain that are ready to die. There are things that are ready to die. Strengthen them. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Three. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and and what? If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. You see, this letter was to a church. This letter was not to unbelievers. This letter was written to believers. I want to sincerely believe that there is nobody. That is me. I'm exercising faith that there is nobody here who is supposed to be alive but is in reality dead. But if there be in your secret if you know that you know that you know that you're not sure that if the trumpet sounds now you will ascend as we start to pray apply the key of repentance the key of genuine repentance if you know that there are some cockroaches in your cupboard, you are struggling with them. You touch them today, tomorrow you leave them. Next tomorrow you touch again. It is time to repent. Because say, I will come on you like a thief. You will not know the time I will come. If you know, if you know, you know, you know you're shining your eyes, you're looking at me, you know. You know that thing that you're touching that you're not supposed to touch. It is time to turn away from every dead walk in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Verse 19. Go to verse 19. It says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. When I read this scripture last night, I said, Ewo, please, let's read it again. Say, as many as I love, I rebuke. Nowadays, when we are rebuked, as in the generation of today, when your pastor rebukes you, people take offense. Is that not true? This generation takes offense. He said, why will pastor talk to me like, why will pastor disgrace me? Why? He said, those I love, I rebuke and chasten. What does it mean to chasten? You flog them small. You flog. Someone saw me flogging my Amarachi once and told me, Haba, why are you flogging her like that now? 
I said, mind your business. This is my seed. This is my daughter. If you spoil tomorrow, when I go talk, say, nah, Pastor Archie, daughter, she? Abby, you know, remember that you put your mouth that day and say, no, leave her. It's because I love her. That's why I am correcting her. I am correcting her. Because love used to carry correction at times. If you don't correct, you don't truly love. Because most men in their homes, they just keep quiet. Oh, I love my wife. I cannot talk. No! You love her. And you correct. Because the day will come when God will hold you responsible for that house. Revelation chapter 2. Verse 5. 2 verse 5. I read. It says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. Amen? And then verse 16 says, Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. It's God that is talking. You know, Jesus is saying, if you don't repent, I will fight against you with the sword of my mouth. Look at verses 22. He said, Behold, is about the woman that committed fornication. He said, Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. What did that scripture tell us? This scripture tells us that no matter how far a man has gone in sin, in this particular case, in that verse 22, in adultery, he said, I will cast them into a bed of what? Of tribulation. Except they repent. Meaning if they repent. If they repent. What will happen? I will heal them. If they repent. They will not be cast into that bed. If they repent. It will be well with them. Repentance is the only thing that takes away the legal foothold of Satan. Repentance is the only thing that takes away God's judgment. Amen? If God, in fact, I found it. You know, the Bible said that that God is not the son of man that repents. But I found just in Jeremiah where he said, if they repent, it will re I will repent of what I wanted to do to them. Let's go to those scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 8. As we round up. Jeremiah 18 verse 8. Are we there? Okay, Jeremiah 18 8 says, If that nation, everybody listen to if that nation against whom I have pronounced 
turn from their evil. I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. He will take the judgment away. And we see a practical case in the city of Nineveh. When Jonah went and preached unto them and they all repented, what did God do? God turned away the judgment and then Jonah became angry. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 26 verse 13. Jeremiah 26 13 says, He said, Then spake Jeremiah 26, 2, 6, 13, verse 13. Are we there? Okay. He said, Therefore now, amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he had pronounced against you. And the scripture says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses a word is established. So repentance is one thing that can make God to roll away judgment. If he had promised, if a man was sinning before and he had determined to judge that man, if that man repents, God will repent also and take away the judgment. Amen. I can see question in your eyes. Just keep it until Wednesday. Cool? <laughs> Hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. We know that scripture. If my people which are called by my name. I want us to read it together. Are we there? Are we there? 714, 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. Are we there? Okay, let's read together. One to go. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and then and and it, it all starts from turning from their wicked ways. If they repent, if they turn away from the wickedness, he said, then I will hear from heaven. Now forgive their sins and will heal their land. So we say this key turns things around it causes the countenance of god to shine on people it causes judgment to be rolled away amen and finally this key opens the lock of fruitfulness to bear good fruit let's go to matthew chapter 3 matthew chapter 3 Verses 8. 3 verse 8. I read. 
It says, Bring forth therefore fruit meet for repentance. Bring forth what? Fruit meet for repentance. Please, can you give us the, the amplified version of it? I read. It said, bring forth fruit that is consistent with repentance. Consistent. Not today, and then tomorrow you go back. Not today, up and down Christianity. It's a consistent with repentance. Let your lives prove your change of heart. Let your life, the life you live, and especially your life in the secret. Because everybody lives good life in church on Sunday. Everybody lives good life. Is, is there anybody that misbehaves in church? No. In church, everybody walks with decorum. Everybody walks like this. Even the ones that walk jaga jaga like, once they enter church. Even the ones that dance like this, once they enter church, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Everybody will compartmentalize all that beautiful name. Is a name of pretense. Ten, verse ten. King James, can we read together? And now also the axe is laid onto the root of the trees. Therefore, Every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. For by their fruits you will know them. What type of fruit do you bear? Your fruits that you bear in places where people don't know you, at school, away from home, away from where your pastor is, does it show that really God has touched you? Does it show that you're truly a disciple? I've met some so-called believers that are some of the most wicked people on the face of the earth. And that's an anomaly. If it comes to, oh, I'm born again, I'm born. But when it comes to doing good, they are very wicked. Their heart is behind. There is no compassion in them at all. But they know all the Bible verses. The Bible says, by their fruits, you shall know them. There was a young man that was here before. The young man had graduated. After some time, he stopped coming to church. So we went to visit him after service one day. He lived down here a little bit then. I said, bro, I, I entered his house and I found a young girl sitting there. I said, bro, God bless. He said, oh, pastor. Even he saw me walking. He said, oh, pastor. He started arranging. The girl was on the bed. Touch the girl. Shift, 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 shift. 
I said, Hallelujah. God bless you. I said, How are you, sister? I'm fine, Pastor. I said, God bless you. I said, Bro, we don't see you in church again. What is the problem? He said, Pastor, nothing is the problem. I'm coming, Pastor. He went out. He came in. He went out. He I'm sure he was giving the girl a sign. Please go, 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 go. The girl's clothes was hanging on him. On his hanger there. So the girl didn't know how to reach and carry the clothes. The girl could come out with the rapper. <laughs> I kept quiet. I the girl. I said, bro, why don't we see you in church again? He said, sir, I have a problem. I said, what is your problem? He said, every time I come to that church, you're always preaching against sin, 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 sin. Ah, is that the only message in the Bible? Sin, 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 sin. I said, now I know why he's paining you. Can you see? <laughs> he said, every day they are preaching against fornication, fornication, fornication. Is that the only sin in the Bible? I said, he was paining you because you're guilty. I said, I don't catch you now. He said, no, sir, I'm not doing anything. I said, what is a woman's cloth hanging? A big signboard. And her underwear was hanging behind. What is it doing here? Is she your sister? Uh, is it's actually no, sir. Sir, I have fallen. Please have mercy on me. I said, God will have mercy on you. I said, go and call her. He said, no, sir, let us stay. I said, call her. We called her as she came. I said, young woman, Jesus loves you. You must give your life to life today. By the time we finished preaching, the girl dressed up and left. I said, in the name of Jesus, the two of you hold hands. I said, repeat after me. As Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, anytime Satan tempts us to sin again, the boy opened his eyes. I said, repeat it. Anytime Satan tempts me to sin again, say, anytime Satan tempts me to sin again, Father, I renounce. <laughs> I said, You speak to her, I renounce you in Jesus' name. <laughs> he said, Eh, sir? I said, Say it, I renounce you in Jesus' name. He said, I renounce you in Jesus' name. <laughs> I told the girl, now replying, say, I renounce you also in Jesus' name. The girl said, I renounce you in Jesus' name. You, you this foolish boy. <laughs> I say, hallelujah, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I communicate with your hand. And I left. Any tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down. And that boy later had problems. That boy graduated with how many, how many children from different girls in this, in this place. And everybody knows him. Today he came to our and said, sir. And he had, I think he spent like two extra years. It's good before he graduated. So he came to my office and said, sir, all is not well. I said, how can all be well? You run away from God. You're a prodigal son. I said, so did you find life outside there? He said, actually, no, sir. I have repented. Okay, praise the Lord. Finally, let's take this scripture. Acts 26, verse 20. Acts chapter 26, verse 20. He said, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the regions of Judea 
and then to the Gentiles, that is everybody, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. This afternoon, we are going to practically apply these two keys. We'll apply the key of repentance to open the door of salvation and grace. To open the door of forgiveness. To open the door of reconciliation with your Father in heaven. And then we'll now apply the key of asking in his name. Amen? You want the asking of the name first? No. Because we have to take it in the right order. We'll apply the key of repentance. And then we'll apply the key. Ask whatever you need or you want in my name. And I will give it to you. I want us to bow our heads wherever we are. If you're here this afternoon and you know that in your heart you're not 100% sure that if you were to die now or if you were to if the rapture was to happen now you know that as you are right now that there is something that Satan will accuse you of anywhere you are just lift up your hand nobody's interested in looking at you just lift up your hand Nobody must go out here today. Thank you for the hands that have gone up. I have a witness in my spirit that there are still more people. You know that there is something you are still struggling with. The Lord is here now to cut off that thing. If only you will repent genuinely with all your heart. As your hands are lifted up there, I want you to go on your knees where you are. Just kneel down and lift up your hand to heaven and say, Father, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. That's the prayer he wants to hear from you. Can you cry out to your father and say, Father, I have come. Have mercy on me with all my heart. I have come. Have mercy on me. Deliver me. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Deliver me from the chain of sin. Deliver me from the chain of that thing. Call that thing by name. Say, Father, here I am. There is victory in the name of Jesus. There is victory when you come to him with all your heart, with a clean heart. And you are truthful to him. He will give you the victory. I want you to speak to him in your own words. Speak to him from your heart. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. I don't want to go to hell. The axe is now laid at the root of any tree that does not bear good fruit. Lord, I don't want to be cut down and thrown to hell. I don't want that to be my portion. Have mercy on me. 
in jesus mighty name we pray i want you to repeat after me with your hands lifted up to, with your right hand to heaven just repeat after me say this simple prayer with all your heart say it like today is your last day on earth say it like today is the last hour now is your last hour your last moment say my heavenly father have mercy on me i cry from the depths of my spirit i cry unto you from the depths of my soul with all my heart with everything that is within me i bow before you i kneel at the foot of your cross and i ask you to forgive me of my sins blot out my transgressions in the name of jesus lord i ask you take over my life i surrender it to you every part of my life it is yours i am yours thank you for receiving me and forgiving me now in the name of jesus let the power the chain of my struggles with sin be broken in the name of jesus i break the chains that have held me captive i break the circles of sin in the name of jesus lord give me a new heart creating me a new spirit one that will thirst for you to do your will O oh lord in jesus name we pray amen may you can sit down <laughs> now i want everybody to stand up now we're now going to apply the key of the name of jesus say ask whatsoever you want and i will give it to you and i know that as our faces are different so are our needs now before we pray i've already said one thing know the motive for which you're asking that two ask in faith because on wednesday we'll look at the key of faith ask in faith ask believing that he has heard it doesn't matter don't say it is too much there is nothing too big that you can ask god amen so i want you to close your eyes and for the purpose that we shall have a testimony i just want you to restrict your asking to two things for now so that you give us the testimony when it comes two definite things make up your mind on two things i know you have plenty of things you want to ask i know you have a long list but just ask for two things now close your eyes and tell your heavenly father in the name of jesus i ask for this thing because your word said that whatsoever i shall ask in the name of jesus 
Jesus yourself, you will give it to me. The Father will give it to me so that, so that my joy may be full. Now open your mouth. I, I thought you would pray like thunder. I thought you would pray with every enthusiasm. Say, he not though you have not yet asked. Ask that he may receive, that your joy might be full. I need you to balance very well with every confidence, with faith. Ask in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I want you to lift your right hand up to heaven and put the left one upon your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus, and I receive all that I have asked. Thank you for having given them to me. I await the manifestation physically. And with my hands lifted up, I vow that I will testify. I will declare your goodness before your people in their congregation in the name of Jesus I receive what I have asked from you thank you for doing it in Jesus name we pray amen is there anybody here who is not feeling too fine or has a pain anywhere anyone put your hand where the pain is It is written in your word, O oh Lord, that you sent forth your word and you healed them. Lord, I sent forth your word unto all that have lifted up their hands, all that have one infirmity or the other. While you were upon this earth, 
you went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. You were wounded for their transgressions, you were bruised for their iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. By your stripes, we are healed. By your stripes, they are healed in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, they are healed in the name of Jesus. I send for that word to take hold of their lives. By the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. I decree that to the sickness, you sickness, you infirmity, hear you the word of the Lord. By the stripes of Jesus, it is written, by the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. So you don't have any place in that place. And it is written also that whatsoever I will bind here on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever I shall loose here on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Therefore, I bind you and I cast you out of their bodies to hell in the name of Jesus. And I put an injunction that you shall return no more in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pronounce them made whole from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. I declare them whole in the name of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus flow over them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Let every cell, let every organ, every tissue, every membrane be immersed in the blood and receive the life of God in the name of Jesus this my father and take all the glory and their joy will be full in Jesus name we have prayed amen and so father we appreciate you for what you have done thank you for the entrance of your world and thank you for the manifestation of that which we have asked of you we return all the glory to you in Jesus name Lord, even your servant that you have used, I ask that you fill him again and increase him with the revelation knowledge of the world. That at the end of it all, Lord, we will benefit again, even as he ministers your word. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Blessed be your holy name for these great things you have done in this service. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we have prayed.